You're listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast, where you'll get access to our special bonus content, like our Pet Peeves segment, where we ask our guests both about their pets and then about their peeves in the church. Psalm 133 in the Christian Standard Bible reads, How delightfully good it is when brothers live together in harmony. It is like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. Carrie Green, why do you believe the psalmist here ties the blessing of harmony or unity to the promise of life forevermore? And who do you believe he's talking about when he says brothers in the beginning of the psalm? Well, I appreciate those questions. I think it's easier to answer them in different order. First of all, when it says how delightfully good it is when brothers live together in unity, that has to do with the Jewish people because this was a psalm of ascent. So it's a psalm they would sing to themselves as they're on the way to Jerusalem for one of the appointed feasts. And so you can imagine people walking down the road singing this together. They're singing it about each other. They're coming together in unity around this festival. Now, why does it tie blessing forevermore, life forevermore to that blessing. I think it's actually saying life forevermore uh, in reference to Zion, which is where God was seen to dwell. And so they're referring to their trip to Zion being a place where they'll come in contact with God's blessing. And that uh, means life forevermore as a child of God. Is that applicable past just the Jewish people of that time? You mean the, uh, the life forevermore part? All of it, <laughs> the unity, yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think unity for believers is obviously in the New Testament taught over and over and over as a, as a hallmark of the church. You know, Jesus himself, you'll know, they'll know you are Christians by your love for one another. And so that unity really does need to be there. Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, and I'm here with two fantastic people today. Uh, first and foremost, let me let me remind you all that this is the show you go to to hear the greatest co-host who's not only ever walked the earth, but also just the greatest one to ever breathe. There have been some co-hosts up there who, you know, maybe haven't walked, but have breathed and still are no match for your co-host, the one and only TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And we're here with an, an awesome guest. I've uh, been checking out his podcast, Morning Mindset, Christian Daily Devotional. You know, I always think it's funny because every time I get a daily devotional, whether it's podcast or book form, I binge it. And I'm like, man, I got through the first hundred days. I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to do that, Josh. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, Gary Green <laughs> from the Morning Mindset, Christian Daily Devotional. How's hey, it going, Josh, Gary? Thanks. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on the show. Good to see you guys. Do you prefer pastor carriers? Oh, I'll I'll answer to anything. Carrie's fine. You don't like devotionals, DJ? No, because uh, you know I'll buy it. It's like a tiny little book. I'll read it in like an hour. <laughs> You're yeah, we, you might yeah. be might be missing the point there. Yeah, DJ I, and I, I are doing it wrong. <laughs> I need like the you know one a day like the little calendar that says the day it is. You read yeah. that one, and then tomorrow you change it. That's I think the only way it works for me. TJ, yeah. I think you should pick up a Psalm by the Day by uh, Alec Montier. It's super good. Anyway, uh, guys, I, I want to mention our convention coming up next year, the uh, Every Tribe, Denomination, and Tongue Convention. 
we got a lot of cool stuff coming up with that. We're going to have a worship service featuring like five or six different languages here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So be on the lookout for more information. I'll drop a link down below so you can sign up for emails and stuff as we have more details coming out with that. Right. And consider leaving a review for the show. We love reviews. They help. They get the show out there. And I like to see the bad ones because that's how we know what to improve. So don't be shy. Tell us what you hate about us. Uh, it's super easy. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify. It's also super easy, but it's less detailed. Just hit the little thumbs up or thumbs down. Those are Isn't less cool. stars? Than... I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's stars. Don't give us three stars. TJ doesn't like that. No. He likes one. I like five. Guys, as you know, I have a favorite form of unity. Speaking of our opinions, um, and in my opinion, the best form of unity is in fact silliness, because it's it's just downright impossible to truly be in disarray with one another when you're being as goofy as I'm about to be. So, uh, Carrie, TJ, and I'll answer this one first. Uh, our silly question today: If you had a goat and you could train it to make any noise in the universe. And yes, this is inspired by my pure hatred of the screaming goats in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. You can train it to make any noise in the universe. What noise would you train your goat to make, DJ? Uh, have you seen War of the Worlds? I haven't. Oh, well, check it out. The The sound that the tripods make in War of the Worlds is the sound I would get my goat to make. Because that would be terrifying. Yeah, that'd be pretty eerie. That's for sure. Yeah, just feeding some grass, you know. Man. TJ's trying to, like, ward off danger. I'm just over here being stupid with mine. Um, silly, if you will. I, I Originally, I thought of the TARDIS, and then I was like, actually, I would get my hopes up too often. I'd be, be walking around the house, hear the TARDIS, and be like, wait a minute, the doctor's here. So I, I can't do that to myself. Instead, I, I'm going to go with um, what I think would just be the most entertaining thing to hear frequently. And uh, I would train my goats to be perfectly impersonate Ewan McGregor saying, hello there. I, I would love that. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I can't beat that. Yeah. All I think right. what I would choose, I would choose one of those old klaxon horns from the old fashioned cars, you know, the yeah. ahuga yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be That's great. That was my yeah, first thought. And then I was like, what about a train horn? Was, oh, what about the War of the Worlds train horn? But <laughs> for the real show, uh, you know, the part that is about unity. Uh, so one thing we found that really helps with church unity is getting to know one of those stories in the church. Would you mind sharing a general overview with our audience of the story of how you came to know Christ and got you where you are today? Yeah, well, real briefly, I was raised in a home where my mother took me to church. She says from the day I was born in the hospital, the next Sunday I was in church. So <laughs> her description is that I was saved out of the sin and degradation of the church nursery. And uh, that background is where I came to know Christ. I was five years old in an old Baptist church that had the altar down front where you went to pray every every service afterward. And one Sunday night, I went down to the altar and my mom came down to see what her little five-year-old kid wanted to pray about. <laughs> and that particular Sunday, for whatever reason, I told her I wanted to place my faith in Christ. And so my mother led me to Christ right there at the altar. That's awesome. And yeah, it was a cool experience. And I, I do have, you know, kind of a, a vague image of it in my mind still, uh, seeing the altar and the, the grain of the, the wood and all that sort of stuff. But that started a journey that, you know, has led here I am, you know, 55 years old and have walked with the Lord for 50 years now and has been a great journey. That's for sure. Yeah, you saw, you've served as a pastor, trained elders. Uh, I read a few other stuff. Could you just kind of detail, like, what has your ministry life been like and when, when did that start? Yeah, well, when I got married in uh, 1989, my 
life at the time was involved in college. I was at Colorado Christian University training to be a youth minister. And my wife and I took on some part-time roles in youth ministry for the next two to three years. And then I got my first opportunity to serve in an adult ministry uh, opportunity. It was a, an associate pastor role at a growing church in the Denver area and was there for about three and a half years. And that's where I had my first opportunity to actually teach the Bible on a Sunday morning. And something in me just came alive. And so I started realizing that, that I need to be teaching more often and started putting out resumes. Well, the long version uh, cut short is that I've bounced around to five, six different churches across the continental U.S. and even in Hawaii, uh, pastoring, teaching the Word of God, uh, doing so uh, from the pulpit most of that time. Then back in uh, 2013, I retired from ministry, just feeling that the, the call for a local church was over yeah. and started the Morning Mindset and some other business endeavors and have been teaching the Bible still for the last uh, three, four years. So what what about the church you're at now, like as far as like where you attend? What's unique about it? Yeah, well, my wife and I have a unique situation just to begin with. We live four months of the year in Colorado Springs and then four months of the year in Marquette, Michigan. And then we'll go back to Colorado Springs and back to Marquette, Colorado Michigan. Colorado Springs is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, it, it really is. And Marquette, if you've never been there, is a gorgeous place as well. It's right on Lake Superior. So uh, a <laughs> nice. beautiful spot. But anyway, we go back and forth, back and forth uh, because we have kids in both places. Yeah. And we want to see the kids, we want to see the grandkids kind of live life together. And so the church in Marquette is a, an older established church that has gone through a whole lot of rough water in the last eight to 10 years mm. and is is probably at the lowest point attendance wise it's ever been, but is growing and is getting healthy again. And so they've asked me to be part of the teaching team there. So I teach once every fourth or fifth week when I'm in town. And then Colorado Springs is entirely opposite. It's a, a large church with multiple campuses. And we just attend one of the campuses there. And, uh, you know, they, they beam in the, the pastor via video and that sort of stuff. So it's a very different model and very different environment. But we love both. Nice. Nice. It's cool. It's like having divorced parents. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's my favorite thing is like having a few different churches that I like have relationships with in some way. Like I know if I go to Greenville, what church I go to there. And I know if I'm in Somerville where I go and I'm like, yeah, this is like my like side church families. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Extended yeah, we family. Were, we were talking just last night about how fun it is to have two sets of friends, two sets of church family, two, two different, you know, apartments. It's, awesome. it's really kind of cool. Yeah. It is my awesome. favorite thing when I was in college was, you know, I had my home people and my college people. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So another thing we like to do every so often to help our listeners get an idea of our guests' beliefs is our speed round segment. We love this. Most of our guests love this. Hopefully that continues. We're just going to ask you a series of questions, and there are two rules. Uh, try to answer in one sentence or less, and we are not allowed to answer any or ask any follow-up questions. Okay, let's do it. All right. Who or what is God? God is the almighty creator of the universe who, by his holy standards, uh, calls all men into account. What is the significance of baptism? Baptism is a symbolic act that we do out of obedience to express our faith in Jesus Christ. What is the significance of the Eucharist? The Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, some people call it communion, is another symbolic act that we participate in to partake in a commemoration, so to speak, of the blood and body of Jesus as he died on the cross. What do you believe about biblical inerrancy? It is inerrant. Mm. What authority do you believe church tradition has? Uh, I personally don't think church tradition has any authority unless the tradition is backed up by the scripture. So the scripture has all authority. Do you believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Spirit? 
Actually, I do. Do your churches practice speaking in tongues? I do not believe either of them do. What do you believe about predestination? I do believe that God in his sovereignty has chosen some to be saved and some not to be saved. How many, if any, of these seven sacraments do your churches practice? Uh, let's see here. We got the list. One, two, three, four, five. Five for both? Yeah, five for both, I think. Awesome. Very cool. Well, you handled that very well. Am very I allowed, well. now that it's over, am I allowed to ask which five? Is that a follow-up question? Is that okay? Yeah, speed round's over. Okay. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, for both churches, I believe it's probably the same. There's baptism, uh, Eucharist, reconciliation, matrimony, and holy orders, which in my churches would be called ordination. Oh, cool. All right. Cool. Also, uh, this isn't a follow-up question. This is a follow-up, uh, not even a follow-up. This is just a statement for everybody's enjoyment. And uh, so that I can warn the churches I do visit, um, I, I, you know, I've known some Greek for a while, very not even adequate, like a beginner's level. And it just came to my attention that Eucharist is just Greek for the word Thanksgiving. And uh, so from now on, if I go to a church that's doing the Eucharist in America and they don't offer me turkey and gravy, I will be disappointed. So I just want everybody to know that. Fair warning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can give me Thanksgiving. Give me Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah. And they better be thankful about it, too. <laughs> the cranberry sauce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can take it or leave it. As long as there's pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Oh, yeah. Or or derby. Derby pie is good. Mm. Okay. So, Carrie, you told us, and we mentioned earlier, that you trained elders as part of your ministry. Um, earlier this year, we did a series on church offices, and we kind of just talked to different people about the different offices of the church, and we discovered... A lot of churches have very different definitions of what an elder is. A lot of them are like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a pastor. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's its own separate thing. It's, you know, someone who's on the church council. It's whatever. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what do you mean when you say elder? Yeah, well, I think the actual Greek word that's used most of the time is episkopos, which obviously the word episcopal comes from. And it's mainly a, a person who is in leadership or authority within the church. Um, when I say elder, I'm meaning a person in that position. Uh, according to my understanding of the scriptures, it's a male who is a leader in the church. Pastors can be an elder, but they don't have to be. Um, elders do not have to be pastors in my understanding, although they can be. So that's hmm. what I'm referring to. So how did you train elders? What does the process look like? Well, it's really a a long process if I, if you do it right. Uh, for me, eldership is about the quality of the man in terms of his godly character and those sorts of things, much more than it is about how well he leads committees and how much business savvy he has and all that sort of stuff because it's a shepherding role. And so training elders really was something I had to figure out as I went along. There are a lot of books about eldership, but none that I felt really lent themselves to training a group of men. So I kind of created my own curriculum for that where there's a doctrinal section, there's a practical ministry section, there's yeah. a, an evaluation section where the church body can actually get involved in, in assessing that man for the fitness of the role. And then an installation, sort of a recommendation at the end of how to go about, you know, laying your hands on that guy and putting him in the role. Is that, a, is that curriculum available anywhere? Or is that just for like you yeah. and churches? No, it's called the Elder Training Handbook. You can find it on Amazon. Oh, sweet. I, I might pick that up just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, I it's a lot of fun. New things. Yeah. So, you have your own podcast. We mentioned earlier, we've mentioned it a lot, actually, throughout throughout this episode so far. It's uh, The Morning Mindset. Uh, what can you tell us about how you started that show and what the inspiration behind that was? Yeah, well, I was already podcasting, and I also own a podcast production company, so I was well-versed oh, nice. in the whole podcastosphere. 
And so when the idea for the morning mindset came up, it came about from two different uh, kind of motivations. The first was just from my own experience and my experience alongside other people as a pastor, I realized that if we don't get our mindset right first thing in the morning or first thing when we start our day, whatever time of day that is, we're going to have a hard time walking in the spirit and living according to the way Christ has taught us for the rest of the day. And so I felt like a, a short kind of shot to the soul uh, focus on the scripture that would help people do that would be helpful. And and so I started it on January 1st, 2018, aiming at that target. Uh, the second thing was I realized that people were quite busy. Uh, many people uh, you know, have to commute, they have to work two jobs, whatever. I've, I tried to fashion the podcast in a way that would fit those scenarios. So it's six minutes long. It's something you can do while you're putting on makeup, driving your car, on the treadmill, whatever, just to help you kind of double time or, you know, not double time, but, you know, do two things at once. Uh, get get a devotional done while you're getting ready for the day. Yeah, that seems like something yeah. we could never do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we could not. Yeah. You kind of tell, like, the way you answer questions. is like, okay, this guy's show is short. Yeah. Yeah. Six yeah. minutes. Yeah, he, I'm used, used to short. You were the absolute, probably the all-time champ of the uh, the speed round, if I had to guess. Well, you not did say people speed are that round. Great at it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's fast. Well, you know, pastors usually aren't that speedy, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you could uh, ask the the average church attender. They probably would agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Spotify lists your show as a self-help show. Do you think that's accurate? How would you define your show's genre? Yeah, well, I think my show is more of a Christian living sort of a show, but Spotify doesn't have real broad categories. So you kind of have to pick things that fit the best that you can find. And self-help was one of those. I think it's self-help in the sense that if you're willing to get into the word of God and study it, it will help you. But yeah. it's really not you helping yourself. It's God helping you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Christian living would probably be better. So why should our listeners be subscribed to your show and where can they go check it out? Well, the why is just because I think everybody needs a mindset reset every day when they start the day. Uh, yeah. We we wake up in a default mode where we're thinking about self and we're thinking about problems and we're thinking about challenges. And we really need to get our mind on track with what Christ has called us to be, which is servants and, and people who love others and people who are, who are here to make a difference. And the morning mindsets proved to be very helpful for that. I get comments from people every week who are telling me how much the show helps them. And I, I just appreciate hearing about it because that's what keeps me going. Yeah. And it's six minutes. Yeah. Six minutes. Yeah, I mean, what do you have to lose? Yeah. yeah. If you listen to a podcast at the speed that I listen to, you know, it's like two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's not bad at all. It's zero if you listen to them the way I do. (laughs) Uh, It's way harder to get the message. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don't don't do what TJ does. Um, Hopefully, we love our audience. Yeah. Well, I assume everyone listening listens to podcasts. At least one. At least one. (laughs) Well, if if not, they're unusually talented. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So one thing we do like to ask every guest. And I um, especially love asking pastors or retired ministers this question is um, our show is a church unity show. So we like to ask everybody if you had to give a single tangible action, just something that would help practically that people who just leave the show could go do this thing and it would help maintain unity in the church. What one thing would you have them do? I would have them read Philippians chapter two once a day, every day for the next 30 days. Um, hmm. Philippians chapter two. Uh, outlines the mindset Jesus had when he came to the earth 
to be a servant to those around him. And it says we're supposed to have that same mind. So I think if everybody could read Philippians 2 once a day for the next 30 days, their mindset would be transformed. That's a good one. That's a really good yeah. one. Very yeah. practical as well. Very specific. I like it. Which is like, that. I think like the practical part's the hard part. Yeah. 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 So what, what do you think we would see change if everybody started reading Philippians 2 every day for a month? Well, I think, I think one of the main things Philippians 2 tells us is to consider others as more important than yourself. So it's a, a selfless mindset rather than a selfish mindset. And just imagine what would happen in even a church of just 20 people. If everybody's looking how they can serve and meet the needs of the other people, nobody's going to go with their needs unmet. And nobody's going to go uh, without some kind of a, a support system. And I think that's what the church is supposed to be for each other, besides being the light of the world, uh, spreading the message of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and that's very, it's countercultural in a lot of ways now. I mean, how much our culture is just based on, I got to do what makes me happy, or yeah. no, this is what's good for me. I'm focusing on myself right now. You know, those kind of phrases thrown out all the time. Or, you know, even in the church, so much of prayer and worship is what God did for me and how much... I, you know, I am with God in my personal, you know, not that all, any, all any of that's bad, but it's just our focus tends not to be on anything other than me, my, maybe my relationship with God, but it's not very likely to be our. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think that the church is meant to be a community. You know, we're meant to be a body that one part benefits the other and even spiritual gifts are spoken of in the context of your gifts are for other people, not for you. And so... Oh, yeah. If we can get our mindset transformed, which Philippians 2 would definitely help us do, I think the church would be that light in the world it's supposed to be. Amen. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. So, man, I don't want to end the show if we went too fast. Hey, ask <laughs> more questions. Way. I got answers. So do you think your two churches could work together well? Could they unify? Yeah, I think they could. I think that uh, the smaller church would definitely have to... Uh, figure out how to live amongst the, the way that the larger church does its things. Cause you know, the, if it went the other du direction, uh, I don't know what would happen. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I like this being in this weird spot of like, Hey, we have extra time to ask fun stuff yeah. that we're just kind of curious about. I, this is a really specific one. Uh, so when we're talking about uh, getting out of that selfish, more in that selfless mindset, Philippians two theme, how do you think if everyone did what you asked about reading Philippians two every day, how would our worship leaders and our worship songs change? Oh man, that's a great question. I'm a musician as well, so this would be better. Like right up my alley. I, I think our, uh, our our leaders would be less focused on the performance and the polish, and they'd be more focused on how can I communicate the heart of this song to people in a way that builds them up and enables them to worship better. Uh, now that should be the mindset of every worship leader, but sadly, it's not always, and so. I think Philippians 2 would help worship leaders in particular very powerfully. What about lyrics? Do you think the lyrics oh. of our worship songs would be vastly different or yeah, slightly I think, different? <laughs> I, th I think the, the lyrics of our worship songs would become much more God-focused and Christ-centric, which may sound like an odd answer when we're talking about thinking of others first, but what is the greatest thing we can give to someone else? What's a greater and more accurate vision of God himself mm -hmm. is, is what I would say. And so I think... We would have less of these uh, Jesus is my girlfriend kind of lyrics, you know, where <laughs> yeah. you could you could sing it to your girlfriend as much as Jesus and nobody would know the difference. Um, and you'd have a lot more songs about the majesty and the glory and the power of God. And that's what transforms people's lives. And so I would love to see that change happen. 
So do you think, not do you think, is do you see like a large disparity in the version of the Bible that people read at your two churches? Uh, yeah, probably so. Uh, the larger church, there's probably a, a myriad of versions that people use. Uh, that I think they teach from the English Standard Version and the church that I'm at in Marquette, the smaller church. Um, the pulpit Bible version is the Legacy Standard Bible. And then uh, other people have, you know, ESV, Living Bible, whatever, whatever. So I think there's probably an equal split in the two churches of, of the varieties of Bibles. Very cool. Uh, do you, what do you read, if you don't mind us asking? Yeah, I use English Standard most of the time. When I'm preaching in Marquette, I use the Legacy Standard because that's what they use. Yeah, very nice. cool. I haven't checked out the Legacy Standard. Yeah, it's a fairly new one. I think it's uh, John MacArthur's the one who kind of spearheaded the whole thing. And it's an effort to take uh, the interpretive principles of the New King James and the New American Standard and kind of make a refreshed version of those. Uh, and, and it's, you know, fairly, fairly accurate and, and pretty easy to read, I would say. Cool. Gonna have so to check it out. My mind's blanking a little bit. Did you say both of the churches were Baptist churches? No, neither one is Baptist. Okay. Uh, the, the one in Colorado, the larger church, is an independent, non-denominational sort of a church. Yeah. And the church in Marquette used to be of the Christian church denomination, but is no longer yeah. part of the Christian church denomination. Is now independent as well. Okay. Hmm. Now, you did mention that you were saved at five in a Baptist church, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. What um What other churches have you been a part of or ministered with? Well, this is a fun story. Uh, I was raised in that church until you know, I went off to college at 18 years old, but that summer between college uh, and high school, my parents had moved away and I had a job in our hometown. So I stayed there, stayed with a friend and me and that friend who was also a, a church friend decided we're going to go visit every church in town. Nice. And so we, we went to all the denominations and I'm telling you, man, we had some fun times, uh, kind of mocking some things, you know, we were 19 years old. So give me some yeah. grace here. <laughs> we were, we were mocking some things and appreciating other things and coming out of other places, shaking our heads going, what just happened you know? And, and so we had a good exposure to a lot of different denominations that I think kind of gave me an appreciation for how God uh, loves to minister to his people according to their bent and according to their personality. Um, and then when I got on into college, I went to uh, a different uh, sort of church. It was an independent Bible church. Uh, from there was part of an evangelical Presbyterian church. Uh, after that was another Bible church, another independent church, um, an evangelical free church at one point, hmm. Christian and Missionary Alliance church at one point. So I've got a pretty, pretty good background of evangelical type churches. Nice. Oh yeah. I, uh, I had a pretty similar story when I was in college. I ran into um, Sister Rose, been on the show before. She did like a food thing at the Catholic Campus Ministries on thing. And it kind of opened my eyes to this idea that there are other Christians that aren't Pentecostal that are actually Christians. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to go visit all of the churches around here. So I, I visited just every church I could find in the general area and did pretty much the same thing you just said you did. Although I took a little bit further. I also went to a couple of the, um, the, the, the Jewish synagogue in town mm. and a couple, cause I was like, you know, I know they're yeah. not Christian, but now I'm just interested in this whole like idea of different religions. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of opened, opened the door to more Christianity, but also opened the door to this academic study of religion that I just yeah. fascinated with. Yeah. That's really cool. That reminds me of when I was in college at Colorado Christian university, uh, I was studying some apologetics issues in one of my classes and right next door to the school campus was 
uh, a, a what would they even call it a Christian science church? I think I think they called it Science nice. of Mind or something like that. And so Weird. we went to one of their services, and it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever been a part of. But after we were in there, we we got their literature and read their doctrine and all that stuff, and just saw how non-Christian it really is. And so my friend and I made up this little tract uh, specifically targeted at the science of mind folks. And we snuck into their church one day when the building was open and start sticking them into their bulletins, uh, every, every one we could get our hands on. And it, it wasn't a very kind thing to do, but, um, you know, we we're 20. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. young. Yeah. We're 20 <laughs> year old that. white guys. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I get that. That's funny. So do you have any more questions, Josh? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. This was do you fun. have any questions, Carrie? Yeah, man. What's the airspeed velocity of an unleavened swallow? Yeah, TJ. Uh, repeat the question. I was, on that. <laughs> I was thinking about birds. What What's the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Is that an SAT question? <laughs> no, that's actually, <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't get that. This is from Monty Python, Search for the Holy Grail. And, Whoa. And the guy says, African or European? You know, and that, that's his, his retort. So anyway. I forgot about that's, that. Yeah. I mean, it's, been a, it's been a minute since oh. I've seen that. Every time sure. I try to get somebody to watch it, we end up watching something else. Yeah, most people, unless they, you know, really appreciate British humor and don't, don't yeah. make it through. Yeah, I, I got two of my friends to watch it in college. They're married yeah. now, but they did not like it. Yeah. They didn't well, get it. It's like the end any, was stupid. Any female, the I've, <laughs> yeah, any, any female I've ever had watch it doesn't like it. So oh, um, I don't know what that's what that says about the guys. Anyway. So uh, TJ, Friday, do you want to watch Monty Python and Holy Grail? Yeah. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just beware the uh, castle anthrax scene. You got to fast forward through some some comments there. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so before we get into our outro, we like to ask, or we like to do our God moment segment. Uh, we just take a minute to share what all God's been up to with us recently by sharing a blessing, challenge, moment of worship, a curse, anything along those lines, whatever He's been up to with you. And I always make Josh go first to give us enough time to think. Good plan. Yeah, mm. yeah, it works for me most of the time. Yeah, I was trying to think. There's something I've been doing. Oh, you know what? This is this is this is embarrassing. Uh, what I was trying to make myself remember was my recommendation for the other podcast that we do. So That's ignore funny. this. I, I was going to tell you guys to to listen to Marvel's Wastelanders. It's good, good geeky thing to do, but that's not a God moment. <laughs> I think my God moment is just um, I have at work. Well, so throughout this whole month, I prepare for Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving by having Thanksgiving every day, basically, because hmm. I, I'm just a freak who really loves friends, Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving. And uh, one thing I was talking about at work was a derby pie. It turned out that most people in this area don't know what derby pie is. No, you don't live in Kentucky. It, it blew either. my mind. I was like, and then hey, I found Kentucky. out, oh, it's because uh, my family's in Kentucky. That's mm. why I think that's a staple. Of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically just um, pecan bourbon and chocolate pie alcohol gets cooked out naturally so you, but you still have the bourbon mm -hmm. flavor mm -hmm. and yeah since i found out that nobody had it i was like well i'm i'm gonna try and make my own i've never made my own before and they were really good and i actually was able to bring some to work for the people who've never had it before and was able to be a blessing to them and made people's day and they wanted the recipe and all this and you know part of me is just like yeah i still got that thanksgiving skills thanksgiving magic and then part of me is just like hey I was just given this opportunity to bless people. And yeah, that's not a normal way to bless people, but it was still, it was cool. It was a cool thing yeah. that I got to be a part of and I got to pray over it before I gave them and not tell them. 
I yeah, snuck cool. the blessings onto these people. That's that's a grace moment for sure. That's sinister. <laughs> yeah. So for me, my my God moment is gonna be this week coming up. Super excited! Uh, I get to go to a friend's house who I haven't seen in a while, and we're yeah. gonna eat our Thanksgiving dinner with some <laughs> of our other friends. Uh, it's Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in between saying that too. I'm I'm actually really excited to to get to hang out with DJ. We used to do this like every other week where we saw each other, and now it's like, man, it's more special now that we don't do it as often. Now I work too much, yeah. but God finds a way. That way is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Why don't you retire, DJ? I'm just not old enough yet. I'll be there soon. Uh, okay. I'm a, I'm a crisp forty something years off. <laughs> so, Gary, do you have a God moment for us this week? Yeah, mine is kind of a God season. We've uh, got a daughter who's 25 years old and uh, just finished up a relationship that it, I wouldn't say it's terrible was a terrible relationship, but but there were hard elements to it. And she came out of that relationship just very sad, very down, very broken. And in a lot of ways, asking herself a lot of questions about where is she going in life and what's her purpose, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that mm-hmm. comes at moments like that. And I've just been really blessed watching what God's doing in her life as a result. Um, she has grown so much in humility. She's grown so much in, in eagerness to be zealous for the Lord. And she had all those things to a degree already. But just seeing how the Lord has amped all that up and, and knowing that we'll get to see her at Thanksgiving and we'll get to be with her the next four months as we're in Colorado Springs, that's just exciting to me to see firsthand what we've been hearing about over the phone. So it's going to be a neat thing to see. That's awesome. Praise God. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy. You could share it with your cousins. You can share it with our cousins. Share it. Share it with somebody. Write it just to write it down on a sticky note. Leave it somewhere. Yeah, uh, you could even share it with that goat that sounds like a klaxon. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. yeah I was going to say cousins are preferable, but I, I lied. The goats. The goats are, are preferable. Share it with a goat. Yeah, if you've Literal, got a nice pair of shearers, just go shave it into the side of a goat. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just share yeah. the whole church podcast. Whoever sees the goat. Yeah. You know, I'd have to look it up. That's yeah. Wouldn't that be cool yeah. to put a QR code on the side of the goat? <laughs> <A> QR code. <laughs> you know, you can read QR codes manually. Oh, no. I don't even want to know about that. Isn't yeah, that that's, crazy? That's too much work to think about, actually. You should look it up, though. It's cool. Yeah, that might be something we geek out on, though. So if you want to go over to our other podcast, you can go to systematicgeekology.org. We talk about the intersection of faith and just nerdy stuff. And it's a, it's a fun time. You can go over to that website, hit host. My name and TJ's name is under there. So all the episodes that me and him are a part of, you can find right there in that tab. And if you're not a fan of the geeky stuff, you can check out the whole church extra content on Patreon. Head over there and listen to our pet peeves segment. We talk about pets. We talk about peeves. It's a good time. And once again, consider leaving those reviews. We love those reviews. It's super easy, in my opinion. And thank you for listening to the whole church podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Coming up, we will interview Reverend Justin Coleman from the University United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. After that, we'll be wrapping up our discussion on Job in our Dividing Scripture series. And finally, at the end of season one, Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah, he doesn't know about it, but he'll figure it out one day. He'll Hopefully. One day, he'll read our email and he'll be on the show. You'll be like, man, I've had this unread email for how many? 500 days? What? <laughs> at least. Yeah, you should send a second one. I think. Oh, uh, he'll find it eventually, one day. <laughs> yeah, with that nope. subject line, I hope you saw my other email. Yeah, yeah. five hundred days ago we emailed. <laughs> dot dot dot. That's the subject line. Oh man, we'd like to invite you to meet our goat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that might out. get his attention. Yeah, <laughs> fly him out and get a goat. 
we can borrow one of Tony's goats. Yeah. But thank you again. See you next week. Please come back. We will miss you. Thank you for listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Remember, you can always sponsor the show at patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast for $3 a month. Join us next week when we interview Reverend Justin Coleman of the United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.